What's up, George? What's going on in the House of Craze tonight? In the House of Craze tonight, we have Mr. Richard Blank, and he is the owner of Costa Rica Call Center. We're going to be talking to him about his business journey. Actually, Sam will be. and uh, But also on the Get Your Met segment, we have Need It or Not, Sign Up, Notify Me Pages. Are they necessary? We'll talk about that, plus a whole lot more. So coming up next. It's very necessary. Let's get it. <laughs> Show for independence all around, giving you a platform to spread your word all over town. Cast the craze is the place to promote to your fans with the dream of Medina and Sam the Crazy Man. Subscribe to our show and never miss an episode. It's time to get your mans, listen to us on the go. Updated every week, we never miss a day. Join the squad, come on in. It's time to cast the craze. If you are an independent, cast the craze. Making moves on your own, cast the craze. On your grind in the streets, cast the craze. Join the movement, catch the craze! Yeah, George, we did it again. Come on now, now you wanna do it. Catch the craze. Welcome to Catch Crazy Podcast. I'm your host with the most Sam, the crazy man, Vera, and I am with George the Dreamer, Medina. What's happening, everyone? Welcome to another exciting episode of Catch the Craze. It is September 2nd. The kids are back in school or going back to school in some places. Summer's over. I mean, you know, and here we are. Another episode of Catch the Craze. We have another really cool, really different uh, guest tonight. Word. We're going to be talking to Mr. Richard Blank. Sam's going to be talking to him. They had a very nice one-on-one that you guys are going to uh, check that out. Then we're going to talk about other things. But if you haven't done so yet, please sign. Well, I keep saying sign up. Please subscribe, like, comment, do all those things. Let us know what you think of the show. If you have any questions or comments about the topics that we talk on the show, you want to drop your, you know, your your knowledge up in there. Send, you know, put it up there. Sam monitors that uh, that page all the time. So please, please definitely just. Yeah, definitely comment, comment, comment. Follow, Word. follow us. You know, do all that fun stuff. Help us get to a thousand. I mean, you know, it's the end of the year is coming. Yeah, we got to get to a thousand, man. We got to yeah. get to a thousand. But, but here we are. We have another show. This is a, this is a double. Uh, what is it? A double feature today because um, we usually record a show on Wednesday that airs today. But this gentleman right here, Mr. Richard Blank, is gonna is also gonna be on on the uh, on the platform today. So. Make sure you check that out. So, so Richard Blank, bro. So, tell me how you how you ran into like how because we've had a lot of guests on the show, okay, and mostly you know comic book artists, you know writers. We've had puppeteers on the show. We have a whole Fishers. bunch. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll everything. Yep, yeah, everything. Musician. Yeah, you said musicians, right? Band yeah. members. But we've never had a straight up entrepreneur on right. the show, and I think that this is what this gentleman um, is. So, tell us. A little bit about give us a little you know insight into the, the conversation like how, how did how did he come about how did this happen well he he's been watching catch the craze and he's been a fan of the show um and uh he loves the content and and and, and some of the things the topics we talk about and so he he booked the spot on Canonly. i got the invite and at first 
I thought I was being punk because it said <laughs> Richard Blank. And the, the email bounced back, undeliverable. So I was like, oh, it must be some sort of scammer. Yeah. You know, I was like, you know, whatever. So I didn't think anything of it. But then I got a direct email saying I'm looking forward to the show. And I was like, oh, it's legit. Right. So I looked them up and I was like, all right. You know, he you know, he owns a call center in Costa Rica. Um, I saw his bio. I read through his bio. And then um, we had the interview and it was a really insightful. Um, you know, when you when what I loved about the interview, there was a lot of things that you can take away from it. Right. Purpose. Identifying your purpose early on, it, it's critical to long-term success, right? He understood his purpose at a young age. Um, you know, commitment, right? He understood that in order to achieve his purpose, to fulfill his purpose, he needed to be committed to himself, right? Um, uh, courage. He knew that he would have to make some drastic changes in his life, like uprooting and leaving the country that he was born in and starting all over in a foreign country, learning the ways of the land, building an empire, you know, right? So when you think about these values and, and, and these things, these ingredients to success, I thought it was a very fascinating conversation. And, and anybody out there that is struggling to identify their purpose, is struggling to figure out what to do as an entrepreneur that's really undecided about whether or not to take that risk, this interview's for you. Check it out. Um, you know, you're going to take a lot away from this. And uh, so I really, truly enjoyed it. Yeah, no, it sounds good, man. I can't wait. It's, it's, I haven't, I mean, I haven't heard the interview. I, you know, unfortunately, I wasn't, I wasn't there when you guys were doing it. But I'm really looking forward to, to listening to it um, and, and just checking it out and seeing what you guys, what you guys were talking about. Because this is different. This is, uh, you know, somebody who's, you know, who's actually started his own business and is successful mm -hmm. At the business, not that we've had unsuccessful people on the show. We've had plenty of people who have been doing their thing and are successful in their own right. But this is a gentleman who said, you know what? I want to own my own business. I want to be a CEO, you know, COO, whatever. I want to I I be president of this company and I'm going to do it. And the fact that he did it overseas, well, I say overseas, the fact that he did it uh, in another country, uh, Costa Rica, which is not overseas, um, it's it's impressive. It's impressive in its own right. right. Educated himself in Spanish, yeah. understanding the dialect, the dialect, the culture, embedding himself in the culture. See, that's big, man. Mm -hmm. That's big because when we talk about like the Hispanic culture, there's there's many different countries and and things that fly in in Puerto Rico or things that fly in Ecuador may not fly in in Costa Rica. There, oh. there may be things that you know you just don't understand about that specific culture. There, there are words in, in in Puerto Rico. There are words, there are words in Spanish, bro, like curses in Spanish. Yeah. That, for example, for you are curses in Puerto Rico, but for me are not. You right. know, like there are things like that. It's like you know, like the word, you know, and listen, like the word bicho, for example, right? To you, that well, look at your eyes. Oh, bicho. To us, it's a parasite. It's not a bad word. That's in Ecuador. But if you were starting a business, that's what that girl, that girl called me when I was. Uh... <laughs> in spanish so if you're starting a business in ecuador or if i'm starting if i'm an ecuadorian person starting a business in puerto rico and i'm, oh. I'm I, and i'm a doctor right and i'm talking about all oh, parasites and all that stuff and i'm trying to explain that to a to to a say for example a, a, a patient and i'm like no señora usted tiene un bicho adentro she'd be like what i got a what it, it doesn't like, fly. Not here it, it doesn't fly. <laughs> <laughs> so these are the little things that are different, you know, with the, even within the his, Hispanic culture. So yes. that that's, I mean, that's just a stupid example to say that 
he took a chance and he yeah. was successful. And Brooklyn Puerto Ricans, they screwed up the word rice. They say ajos. Ajos. My day, that that's crazy, but um <laughs> insane. But it does take a lot of courage. It does take a lot of courage to do it. It takes a lot of courage. Crazy. You know, it's yeah. funny. It's um when you know we're talking to him, it reminded me of you know, like one of the things like when I accepted a role with an organization that I was no way on paper qualified for, right? And they saw something in my leadership to say, we want you to run a multi-million dollar division in a security division that spans from New York all the way to, to Georgia. And we want to send you across the globe to train in another country. Um, and I remember, you know, the fear that I had within, but externally on the surface, it was nothing but confidence. You wouldn't know right. that inside I'm crying inside, like sucking my thumb, like, oh, what am I doing? Right. But outside you wouldn't, you know, I was, I was cool hand Luke. And I was just, I was like, yeah. all right, in my position. Yeah, and, you yeah. know, because I was learning on the fly. Mm -hmm. And, and so that's what, when I, when I hear what he said and, and, and the, the risks that he took and, and, and the calculated risks, which, which are very different. Um, than just taking a risk for the sake of taking a risk. Um, he took very calculated risks. He understood his long game. And that, that's the biggest thing, understanding where you where the road leads. Um, because rather than a goal, um, for him, it was an objective, right? You know, people have goals. You know, my goal is to do X, Y, Z. That's the end point. That's the end game, right? His was an objective. There's no end game. It's, it's complete growth. That means that means adjusting in the moment. That means, you know, reacting to, to industry changes, yeah. all these things. So yeah. um, that's why it's very critical to understand the difference between one with another. One's very finite and the other one's, you know, expansive. Yeah, no, no, absolutely, man, absolutely. And I, and I was talking about the idea of having this courage because just like it took courage for him to do that, it takes courage for any of us to, you know, do what we do, you know, put our books out and mm -hmm. hope that people like them. Speaking right. of courage, you have a campaign that's coming out. Why don't we go to Indie News and talk a little bit about Sam's courage right. and uh, what's happening next? I'm brave. I'm strong to the finish because I eat me spinach. Whoa. Uh, so in other news, Bengazaki, Bengazaki, top to the Bronx. That's nailing in my toilet. Launching September 20th on Kickstarter. Have you Kickstarter? Have you signed up today? You know, have you signed up for what's going to be the biggest one yet? This campaign is going to be the, one of the best campaigns for duty in duty's world. And um, it's more than just one book. There's a potent double feature in this. If you sign up right now, watching this show, you sign up right now, you will get this digital print. All you have to do is just say, hey, Sam, I signed up and send me your email. And you get this, this print of duty's monsters on planet Cthulhu. And if you sign up and then you back it, Physically, on a physical tier, you'll get that same print, um, 7 by 10 high gloss, good cardstock, and you'll get that in your rewards packet in the mail. Um, and it ties into this Duties Monsters on Planet Cthulhu. This is a three-cover spread. You know, this is a stretch goal to unlock that you can add on to your basket. You can either get the single cover with um, Cthulhu in the middle or you can get all three covers to have one single image. It's going to be so dope. I'm excited about this. Issue three, Aichiwawa. Dude, he finally makes it into the house. He meets Herman. Um, uh, and 
um, it's gonna be it's gonna be dope. It's gonna be. I am excited about this. Awesome. You know, it's uh, it's fantastic. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying, man. And listen, that's why it takes courage. I mean, listen, you you've done two campaigns prior to this for duty, yes. right? And they haven't, you know, truth be told, they haven't hit what you've wanted them to hit. This one, though, I think this one is gonna get the project we love. This, this one, one is on fire. Is gonna be the one. Now, yes. listen, if you guys are watching this, okay, make sure that you tune in on September 20th yes. when we go live for the launch. Okay, yeah. we, We've tried a different – I think the last time you launched Duty, I think – was that, that one the one you launched at 12 p.m.? And then we went back at, in yes. the evening and just kept – okay, we're not doing that this time, right? Yeah. It's being launched live on the show. So you want to make sure that you come on the show. We're going to have some fun stuff. We always do it big. Um, I don't know if Sam's gonna be in, in, in a ship this time around, no. but we are gonna we are gonna have a good time. We are yeah. gonna have a good time. If you guys recall, the uh, the Disney, I mean, the Adventures of Wonder Duck was an event in itself because it didn't launch the way it was supposed to launch, and we were you know trying to troubleshoot and everything like that, which was fun in its own right. But this one is gonna be also a good time, at, like you know. So I don't know if you're gonna have any raffles. I don't know what you're doing for that, Sam, but. Yeah, I'm still thinking about that, but as 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 this show is airing, you should have all received your rewards for issue two right. um, by now. So, um, and I'm hoping that you loved it enough to come back for issue three um, because it's going to be fun. I mean, number one, you're getting something free, um, um, and number two, there's a lot of great stuff, and it's a double header. I mean, and there's also a retail bundle for to so for retailers, you don't have to wait for the add-on to be unlocked. If you're a retailer, you can get through these monsters and issue number three simultaneously in a, in a, in a retailer bundle. So, um, there's only three ways. Uh, so if you're only, if you're overseas and you can only get the digital, um, um, copy of this name my issue number three, you can get duties monsters and issue three as a digital, um, download. Um, so that's the only area that's available. And then the only, there's only three ways outside of the unlocking the add-ons, the digital, um, the retailers, and then there's the super bundle where you can just get everything and you'll have that for, for this. This is for the big collectors. You'll be able to have that in there so you can you don't have to wait. You can get it all in a big bundle. But, uh, yeah, so I'm excited about this. This add on is going to be fired. There's not just the comic book add on. There's a lot of uh, things tied into the monster series that's going to be available as stretch goals. Um, so there's so much you can unlock and get some freebies and good stuff. Uh, so I'm really excited and I hope that you come along for the ride because this one is the biggest one yet. This is where the story really takes off. This is where we introduce Herman the Chihuahua. We introduce Bobby. We introduce his father. We introduce, you know, the uh, the task force that's out there trying to hunt down this downed UFO. There's a lot of elements to this. And then in the monster series, you get to, in there's all the new characters. You got Cheeks. You know, you have the 3Ds. You know, you have a whole lot of stuff going on in that series. You got um, General Goatee. So there's a lot of characters in the universe and duties world that you'll be able to be introduced to. And the kids are going to love it. So they get a twofer. Yeah, no, no, definitely check that out. It's coming out. I mean, by the time you guys will be getting this, it'll be around, around, uh, October. Uh, so right. October. When, when is your, when is your launch on the 20th of September and end on October 20th, I believe. October 20th. So you guys will be getting a little bit after, after, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, right before Thanksgiving. Yes. You'll be getting and now here's the clicker. You know, I have a couple of conventions before the launch of this campaign. I'm hoping that these conventions go so well that I'll have the books ready at hand, 
All depends. I mean, it might be more. It might, it might take off better than I expected, but I might. I'll have it on hand so I can get the rewards to you faster. Although I have it, you getting it in November. My goal is once that campaign ends, get it to you as soon as they close. The, they they closed up shop and they collected. And once I see they collected all the money, I'm gonna start working on shipping all those stuff. Um, yeah, it's, so, it, it's funny you said because there was there somebody somebody posted. I I don't remember who it was, but I found somebody on Facebook who posted. The awkward moment when the person is selling the book that they kickstarted at a convention, but hasn't sent the rewards out to the people who pledged. That's it. crazy. That is bananas. How Which are you is, selling a book? And, and, and that person that reported it or saw it actually pledged to the campaign and was like, "Where's my book, bro?" Are you crazy? <laughs> See, that, that's that was that was my biggest fear. So yeah. I said to myself, and this is where this is transparency. I said to myself because I didn't know what the how much of the delay was going to be with the books because the printer was have the the, the, the backlog. Mm -hmm. So I was like, if I get it, um, the week of the convention, I'm not going to take issue two to the convention. I'm only going to sell issue one because yeah, yeah. It, it won't be right. You know that was my thing. But because I'm getting it this week and everything will be out by Saturday next weekend at the convention, I'll have issue two with me. Well, here's the thing with that. With that, and this is remember, we're recording this in the past for the future and the present. So you right. guys, this this already happened, but or will it? Yeah, it would have happened already because you when, yeah. when is your your convention? The date of it? It it's was this weekend it, coming it up. Was it August, would have passed yeah. August twenty. So no, but the, to me, that's a perfect way for you to have people pick it up at the show. Yes. Like if there's if there are anybody who's going to that convention, and and we'll talk about and we talked about that on the live shows prior to the convention. That's the other thing is if you want to pick up your book at at a, at a convention that you're going to be at, then by all means come by the table and pick it up. When I was in Terrificon, I was able to hand, I was able to give some people their um their packages right then and there. So yeah, like a rest is going to be there. Um, in fact, I'm going to ask her because she did say she's going to go, but I want to confirm she's going to be there. She'll get her package for me right. there. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and, everybody and already cool. got their shirts. Whoever had shirts, they already got those shirts weeks right. ago. Um, you know, but you know, again, I think it's integrity. You always want to be honest and transparent. I think mm -hmm. you know, every every time I got any kind of news, I updated the backers, right? Because I respect their investment because it's an investment they've made. And so I don't want I don't want to keep them in the dark. And um um and it's important. So I mean, it's one of those things. And even when I said, when they told me that they're running behind, I was like, well, then I won't be able to take issue two to the convention if I get it the week of, because I'm not taking anything that I haven't shipped out first um, because of, you know, it, it won't be right. I wouldn't want it done to me. I'm not going to do it to anybody else. Um, and, uh, but yeah, again, I'm excited about this campaign. Also, I forgot to add that this campaign also have, has a variant cover because of Halloween. Here's duty. So uh, this is um, going to be awesome. Um, you can pick up the very cover as well. So this this campaign is a lot of cool stuff, a lot of duty monsters. Uh, if you're a Cthulhu fan, you're going to love it. I've been working on some really sick pages. Um, you know, um, you know, this is as of this recording, 18 pages are completely done. I have to do six more pages. They get more complicated, the last six, because it's more epic. Um, so the coloring and flatting are the ones that are taking me forever. Um, do, you, do you thumbnail pages or no? I thumbnail it first. Um, well, like, do you thumbnail the entire book and then you go back in? No, it? no, I thumbnail as it go because because there are some last minute elements that I added to it that's going to be um, I'm not you know so 
there is, and, and, and you know, you're going to have to read it. I'm not going to spoil it. You know what? Join the live show to find out some spoilers. Um, but there's some really cool elements that I added to this that um, I changed up as I was going because I wrote the script, but then I started changing up the script as I was drawing it. Cause I was like, Oh, you know what? This would be better. And which is great. So as I was illustrating it, I was like, oh, I, I like this better than this. Um, so there's some really cool stuff. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. And then, so just to update you guys on what I'm, I have on my end, everybody should already have by the by this recording should already have um their their uh, Wonder Duck stuff. Those books that you received will never see the light of day as at a convention. I won't be selling issue number five at a convention. This was strictly for you guys who pledged to the campaign. So this is a one of a kind kind of thing. The next time you'll see these pages will be inside of a of a of a uh, a completed graphic novel, which is part two of uh, the adventures of wonder duck so part two of the adventures of wonder duck is being worked on now i have chapter five is the one that you guys pledged to chapter six is completed the artists are working on chapter seven and chapter eight is the last chapter so once all of that is completed i'm hoping by next year uh, i will have the completed graphic novel which will be available at conventions so that's the way that you'll be able to get chapter five if you didn't get chapter five at the you know through this campaign you'll be able to get it that way so that's what's happening. That's coming down the pike. And I'm excited about next year, bro. Like, you know, we, you know, we'll, we'll discuss on future shows where we're going to be next year as far as conventions. Cause I do want to do more conventions next year. But as of this year, I don't think I'm doing any more. I think I'm pretty much, I did terrific on last month. And now, now I don't know if I'm going to be at the New York comic con. I may go just a spectator, but I definitely want to do like you were talking about. I want to do MegaCon. I want to, I want to do terrific con again next year. Um, that's one that I want to do. Definitely would love to do San Diego. That's going to be, you know, it's going to be almost impossible to get in, but yeah, no, it's going to be, it's going to be a good, a good, I think 2023 is going to be, you, you guys are going to see a lot of product, a lot of new projects coming out from not just myself, but also I'm sure Sam's got stuff. Obviously he's already has stuff that he's working uh, right now yeah. for, for duty, but it's, it's duty's world, right? You're not really. It's duty's world. And else. here's the, here's the clincher. As I'm drawing this story for duty's monsters, um, it, it might have to spill into an issue too, because um, as I'm getting, I just got to some of the climactic stuff and it's just not enough pages to tell the story. So yeah, I'm going to leave yeah. it on a cliffhanger and yeah. you guys, and I'll send another survey. Um, you guys tell me after you read it, if I should continue it or leave it the way it was. See, I, I, okay. I got to tell you, I don't agree with that. Like, as a creator, if you have a story to tell, tell it. Like, I, I don't think that it, it should be up to the fans or what, because if it's a story that needs to be told to me as a creator, and this is maybe the creator in me, I just want to, I just want to tell it. I just want to tell it. I, oh, I, I want to, I want to finish I, it I don't, because exactly, as I'm drawing, that's like, there's no way I can tell this unless I do like a 40 page yeah, story. I mean, you, you can say, no, I don't, you shouldn't. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm finishing it. Like it's gotta, it's gotta get finished. I, I think to me, and this is why, and everybody creates differently. Right. And yeah. I think that when you're a writer, when you're a writer, artist or a writist, it's, a you can, you can have, right. You can have, you can have these, uh, I guess you can do it this way where you're like, as you go along, you create as you, as you go along. Right. For me, I have to have everything plotted out. I have to know my beginning, middle and end. And A, because I don't, I don't draw it, but also I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't just, I don't know. It's just, maybe it's my personality. So here's I what happened. No, I need so to know how it What happened. happened was when I decided to do this, I was going to do it as an eight page short, right? Then I realized like there's no way I can tell this damn story in an eight page short, right? Because when I started it out, you know, I started out back on in Duty's high school. That's where it starts off. 
He's in he's in school for the elite for the gifted or whatever, and and he's bored and he's he wants to go on an adventure. That's where it started. So during that part, you're introduced to a whole bunch of characters. So world building, right? So it's like, all right, well, you know what? I have to give this some some time to flesh out and lead him up to this these pivotal points. And then there's all the moving parts. So as I'm talking about it, you know, it isn't just about duty, it's about Uranus's government trying to figure out what happened to those missing soldiers. You know, all these things that happened. And I'm like, all right, all these moving parts. Then I was like, I'm excited about drawing it because number one, I'm getting better every day as an artist, which is I'm fascinated by. I'm like, I can't believe I just drew this, right? You know, so it's like every day I learn a new skill and I'm like, and I'm applying those skills. Then as I'm telling the story in world building, I become that kid again where I'm like, well, you know what? This would be better if I did this. This makes more sense if I did this because initially it was just going to be a Halloween special one yeah. shot. And then I was like, you know what? Because this takes place after duty's time on earth, it doesn't have to be a one shot. It could be that other part of it. And I was like, all right, let me just see where it goes. That's what but, I'm but this, but this is as you're drawing it, right? This is as I'm illustrating. Yeah, yeah. See, so that's what I'm saying. Like to me, and that's a good, it's a good thing that you are the illustrator because you can always go back and change something if as you're as you're going along you're like oh wow i could i could add that in page one or page two where like as a writer who's hiring an artist it's very hard to say to an artist yeah. hey i just finished you know page 48 but i realized that i wrote something in 48 that i should tie back to page 15 can you redraw page 15 for me because i'm adding something to page 15 oh and that's going to affect page 16. So that panel on page 16, you see what I'm saying? So like as a writer, I think we we need, we have to plot everything out so that it's it's all good to go to an artist before we send it out to the artist. Right. As and a writer because, who, who because I'm illustrating it, I'm illustrating exactly how I did duty. So like when I say I wrote the script, I just wrote dialogue. Page right. one, dialogue, 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 right. talking heads, right? And so then what happened was... <clears throat> I got to a point where I was like, this has to change. This has to, this has to be, this is where I can do this. This has to get, no, Sam, you missed this whole point. And so then, because again, in I wanted a Halloween special and it started off as just a shtick. Now it's like, no, this is, this is duty. And this is his character. This is DNA. This is my opportunity to show these, everybody out there that there are other characters. There's a whole world outside of earth. Um, and so I was like, all right, let me play in the sandbox. And I started playing. So that's where I'm excited about, you know, so, and I'm hoping that you, uh, as a reader, love it as much as I do. I, I'm just going to say this. If you were a fan of the crazies, you need to get this. Yeah. Well, because there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a cameo, yeah. you know, so that, that's, that's the thing. Like as we were writing, for example, we, that's a good example of, like and and we had this topic and I think we're going to use this topic because it goes into the whole world building thing. Maybe we'll just save it for that because right. it's going to be like a two hour show by the time we're done. With it. <laughs> uh, but why don't we get into get your meds? Yes, get let's your do medicine. that next. Get your medicine. Hold on a second. I need my medicine. There you go. It's time for your medicine. To need it or not, I'm walking on air. I never thought I could feel so free. Where's that from? 
great American, greatest American hero. Yeah, yeah, man, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, well, <laughs> need it? Do we need it or do we not? Okay, so what we're talking about here, everyone, is crowdfunding campaigns. Not just crowdfunding campaigns, but that pre-launch page, that notify me page, that sign up page yes. that comes before the actual campaign launches. Now, there are people whose school of thought is, I don't need this crap. It's really not going to reflect anything. You know, it's not going to reflect how many people pledge to it because, you know, the people who sign up usually don't pledge. But there are all the other people who may say, hey, no, this is a good way to advertise the fact that the, that the page is coming or that the crowdfunding campaign is coming. And it helps you get pledges that way because if they get notified that it's launching, then boom. They get an email and here you are. So what school of thought do you belong to, Sam? Do you think it's needed or not? Of course it's needed. Mm, of course. Hit them with I, need it. I need it like I, I need freaking vitamin D from the sun for, for this white skin, bro. Look at this, bro. I'm like glow in the dark. Um, but <laughs> there is a little glow. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, but I look at you, you're like tan and, and flush, and I look at me I look like a corpse, right? So <laughs> that's why I wear the white shirts. It, it makes me look, you know what I mean? Is that what you it is? Wearing darker, darker I clothes, know, right? I mean, I, no, I mean, dude, I mean, if I if I if I go buff in the sun, you don't see me. All you see is my eyebrows and my hair. Um, nice. like, where'd he go? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um no i think it's 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 extremely necessary i think um more proactive things that you can do to get the word out and build momentum is critical and that, you know and if you don't have that the 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 only people that don't need it are the people that have an established fan base they can say hey, yo guys tomorrow send out their e email blast to the 20,000 people that they have on their email list I'm dropping a Kickstarter tomorrow. This is a limited edition, 10-day only. Get it while it's hot. They won't have a problem. You and me, we got problems. So, you know, you need to be able to be proactive and promote. Yeah, I, but, but I think I think where pre-launch page pages or pre-sign-up pages, notifying pages, whatever you want to call them, I think where they fail is in the way that your campaign will fail if you don't promote the fact that it's out there. Yeah. So it's all about promotion. I mean, I think that this is like the pregame before going out to that club that night where you're home, just getting nice. So that when you're at the club, you're already ready to rock and roll, right? That's what the pre-launch page is. You're, you want to make sure that there are enough people waiting before the thing launches. It's like when, 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 the, when an artist goes on tour and they go and they are going to perform, they don't come out at 8 o'clock if the show's at 8 o'clock. They have a band or whoever opening act that comes out, warms up the crowd, makes sure the seats are getting filled before the main event comes out. It's the same thing, right? So you have to do that for all of your campaign. Is it work? Yeah. So you're so you're working maybe like a two month <laughs> two month campaign because one month is just promotion and the month of actual campaign. Yeah, you may say that's a lot of freaking work, but that's what it takes for us. Like you said, for the little guys, it doesn't take that for Todd McFarlane. And Tom McFarlane is still telling you about something that's going to come out next month to get yeah. you hyped for next month. He still does it, you know, right. and he doesn't need to do it. So I mean, he's I mean, doing when it. I launch, when <laughs> I mean, I launch issue three, I'll be talking about issue four in January. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? And so it's like I want to get that in people's heads. And it's the same thing. I mean, I remember when I was in the music business and I was an aspiring musician and, you know, rapper and, uh, um, 
when we would promote the shows. So if I'm going to appear, appear at the marquee in, in New York City, um, flyers were made two months out. They were dropped off at every record store in Queens, Brooklyn, the Bronx, Manhattan, every record store, right? The clubs, we'd go to the club scenes and drop and hand out flyers, right? We had street teams and it was two months in advance because I'm an unknown and I want to let the world know, yo, I'm going to be performing, you know? And because of that, when we did perform at the marquee, it was sold out, right? you know? And that's the thing you want to, you know, you want the, the, the lesson when you don't have that established foundation, you need to work harder, 10 times harder and get the word and build momentum and excitement. You got to find a way to get people inspired and motivated about your project. And, yeah. and the only, and if you're not, and you know, getting them there is one thing, but then when they're there, you want to keep them there. You want them to spend their money. You want them to invest in you. And so that's where, that's the second part of it. But if you don't have that promotional aspect, if you don't care, they don't care. Yeah, no, it's true. And so you may say, so you, you may be like, all right, fine, cool. You're saying it's necessary. Okay, fine. How, how do we get people to sign up to these pages? Right? Because Again, putting them up there, saying you have one, isn't enough. Telling me, you know, just one person, hey, I got a pre, I got, I got to sign up pre-launch page or whatever, and I'm like, ah, that's cool, I signed up. But now what? Like, what do you do? And, and to me, I, I think what somebody once told me, if you want something, just ask for it. What's the worst people can say? No. So you just ask people. Say, hey, I got a pre-launch page. Just sign up. It, it, sign up. It ain't gonna cost you a thing. It's not. It's not. And listen, it's just, it's just five minutes of your time. And I'll tell you this: uh, you know, the secrets out on Kickstarter. Nobody knows who you are when you sign up unless you tell somebody you signed up. That's so it. So don't be afraid to sign up to a page because you're thinking, yeah, but I'm not really gonna pledge to it. So why am I gonna sign up? You know what that sign up does? It lets Kickstarter know. Oh, wait, there's a buzz over here. This thing is buzzing. We need to get it up there because obviously there's 140 people waiting for this thing to launch. It's going to make us money. They put it up. It's all algorithm. So that's it. You think you're not helping the creator right. because I'm not really going to pledge. It doesn't matter. That sign up tells or at least fools the algorithm into believing that there's something that's going to happen on this campaign. So we need to put it up yes. to the masses. So that helps. Your sign up does help just because you're not going to pledge to it. And you may change your mind. Listen, you have 30 days to make that decision. It doesn't matter. You know, and if you signed up, you know, a month before this thing will you know, launched, you have 60 days to make the decision. It doesn't matter. All right. So signing up doesn't hurt anyone. Just sign up. It's almost like the, the subscriptions on YouTube. They're, they're free. You're not being charged to subscribe. Subscribe. Yes. So definitely, definitely. Um, if as as a creator, if you have a pre-launch page, make sure people know that it's out there. Social media is everything. If you have a Facebook page, post that bad boy on Facebook. If you have an Instagram, a TikTok, uh, a Snapchat, you know, whatever, Twitter, whatever, Beast throw mode. it on there. You have to be throw on Beast on mode. Yes, you know, it's you like a, you know, I at my mornings, my morning routines to promote this stuff. So what I do now is I promote every other day on communities. I don't promote every day in communities. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a member of like 40 Facebook communities. So every two days I'll go on and I'll just, and usually my promotion is thanking, because I give it about 48 hours to see how many more people signed up. 
And then I go on and say thank you to the six new people or the seven new people, whatever it is, and give thanks. And then just remind everybody this campaign's going live. But on my personal pages, I promote I promote every day, right? So my mornings, you know, consist of creating the posts for all the social media platforms, creating the stories for Facebook and Instagram and the and TikTok and YouTube. So I create all these video stories and I create this, this, this static posts and I promote it on all the, and I'm on 10 different platforms to promote. And, um, uh, and then my stick is I draw every single day online. So when I draw online, I promote the fact that I was drawing and that's another form of communication uh, and advertisement for the campaign. So you got to find what works for you, but you need to do the work in advance. And it's the most frustrating thing in the world to want to have to do, but um, you have to find a way to enjoy what you're doing. I know. You Listen, know? Sam, you, you had an issue with reaching out at first, but yeah. it gets easier as you do it. I think, I think you just, it just becomes part of your routine. It just yeah. be, you know, because it, it, at, at the end of the day, it's part of your advertising. It's a different world now. We used to do it street teams, right? We used to do it in your face, talking to the customer. You know, if there was a convention coming up, we would try to book at least a convention a month. Like it was crazy, right? Just so we were out there in the public eye. You don't need to do that anymore. But if you are going to be a, a presence on social media, you have to be a presence on social media. You have to network on social media. You have to send DMs and, and, and you know, and talk to people, um, you know, in, in, in stories, you know. Yeah, it's one of the things message, that the they have been doing you know? more, more of. Number one is I've been trying to help all the other indies. Um, that's number one. It's a community, right? It's a village. It takes a village. And there's a lot of people that they don't maybe have the luxury of time, right? Maybe the, it's a mom who has a comic book, but, you know, has kids and a job and is limited to how much time they can post or whatever. I like this, Sam. I like this, Sam. Where was this, Sam, two or three months? I like this, Sam. Understanding, Sam. Please preach. Preach on, Sam. Preach. Get the bullets. Talk uh, to me. Hollow points. But uh, but uh, so I go. So I'm. So what I do is, I'm like, all right. She has really quality stuff. Just yeah. doesn't have reach. Let me do my little part and and try to support her. That's and I think because what I see, what I, what I, what I get frustrated at, there are people on on these communities that are that are promote the top ten earning campaigns for the same creators that are always killing it. But they never give any kind of recognition to the little guy. So oh, we're reverting. We're reverting back I'm to the So this is my <laughs> way of saying, hey, look, the, the little guy is out there too. You know, the little guy is going to one day be the big guy. You yeah. know what? You know, and so if I can say, look, I was there then, and you know, and I, I see you, I see that you put in the work. I, 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 I respect your, 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 your hustle. I'm going to do my part to help you. And I've and I've been helping you know um, a lot of independents, and it's just because I understand it's a community, and and I want to see the game flourish. I want to see the indie game flourish because if you type in indie comic news on Google, you know how hard it is to find indie comic news. You're gonna always get the big news, the main news, and so well, in, indie comics to them becomes Valiant. It becomes Dark Horse. It becomes Valiant still around. No, I'm just saying, like, oh, if you if you yeah, typed in yeah. indie comic, that these are the companies Boom that Studios. are coming up. Yeah. yeah, Boom Studios. You know, these are the comic books that are these these are the companies that are coming up. Right, yeah. it, you're not gonna see, you know, some of our guys that have been that have been trying to do this. You're not gonna see KJ Murphy and, and Hector Rodriguez's book 
unending news. You know, you're not going to see these guys on there. You're going to see the guys who already have made or have a portion of the market already cornered for themselves, 2%, 3%, whatever, whatever they can get, you know, which is something that we need to do as well. But I think that, and that's always been my case or, or, or my, my, my thing is not everybody has whether it's the means or the know-how or the time or whatever. And I know we have to make right. the time. I know we have to find the information. I know we have to do that. But, and unfortunately, and I hate to use this term because it's like a stupid, but life gets in the way, right? Life gets in the way for us sometimes because you do have to eat. I mean, listen, you know, Sam, like you may, you may have to, you know, the bro-preneur thing may have to end at some point because you, you do have to generate the income and you go yeah. hard. On, on, on your projects and still you may have to go in yeah. and do what you have to do just to make ends meet and that's just, that's just that's just what happens so I, i'm never gonna 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 say to him ah, this guy's just lazy you know what i'm saying unless i know for a fact he's lazy because i seen him be lazy or her i'm not gonna i'm not gonna put that stigma on us because we get it already we get it already when the second issue doesn't come out or the third issue doesn't come out or whatever Money runs out sometimes. Artists are expensive when you're a writer. Artists, good artists, very yeah. good artists, because you got to put your best foot forward, right? And yeah. those people are expensive, rightly so. They have great artwork. I had to teach myself how to color because I couldn't afford <laughs> to outsource anymore. Right, 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 exactly. So, you know, hey, listen, I think, like you said, well said, Sam, it's, it's, about, it's about the little guy who can't, who doesn't have the exposure. Let's help him out. Let's help each other out. And that's my whole thing. Let's help each other out. It makes no sense to try to bury each other when we're trying to get to the same place. We're just going to get there at a different time. It's going to be fine. We just got to help each other out. And I think that these notify me pages, these pre-launch pages, if you see an indie saying, hey, my page is about to launch, even if you don't, even if you don't like the genre, even if you're like, ah, just hit that notify me button. Just hit it. Just hit it. Let him get that notification. Let her get that notification. Because when that thing goes live, listen, you're in no obligation. They don't even know you hit the button. They have no idea who hit it. So they're not going to be like, hey, man, I know you hit the uh, the notify me button. What's up? Are you going to pledge? What's going on? Mm -hmm. They're not going to do that because they don't know. And I think that that's, and I think, I think Kickstarter does it on purpose so that the people don't feel like they're being harassed by these creators to pledge to their campaign. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. So. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm telling you, it's going to be a two-hour show. But uh, that is Get Your Meds for this evening. And coming up next, Sam, we're going to have your interview with Mr. Richard Blank. Yes, this is going to be it's – a, it's a fantastic interview uh, with Richard Blank. And, um, you know, he is the CEO, owner of Costa Rica's Call Center. So, again, if you're, if you're struggling with decision-making, if you haven't figured out your purpose, um, you know, you're, you – you're on the shelf about taking that risk. Um, this is a great interview for you. Um, so when we come back, we're going to come back with our guests. In the meantime, we're going to remind you on why you need to subscribe, or you should subscribe to Catch the Craze podcast, but we're not going to tell you our previous guests are. Check it out. It's Monty Moore. I am a 30-year comics veteran in comics, games, and movies, and you've been watching one of my absolute favorite podcasts, Catch the Craze. You are watching Catch the Craze. What am I listening to? And you're listening to Catch the Craze. Where are all the indies at? A Catch the Craze podcast. 
What are you watching? I'm watching Catch the Craze. What are you going to do? Subscribe now to Catch the Craze, the number one show online for independent. Have you subscribed to? You are an independent. Catch the Craze! Making moves on your own. Catch the Craze! On your grind in the streets. Catch the Craze! Join the movement. Catch the Craze! All right, we're back with our special guest, Richard Blank, and he's got so much to talk about. And we're going to start first by introducing. Welcome, Richard, to the show. Let us know who you were talking to today. Hey, Sam, so happy to be here at Catch the Craze. I'm an originally Northeast Philadelphia cat. I've been living in Costa Rica for the last 22 years. A lot of twists and turns and awesome things to share today with you and your amazing audience. That's fantastic. I mean, that's that's crazy. I used to work... Um, security as a regional and i worked with a lot of expats that uh-huh. came to the u.s um so it, it's it's different with you but before we go into your, what you're doing currently let's go back to what was it like growing up in, in philly it was nice i had the four seasons i was really into the winter time when i could play some ice hockey i love the nice. fall spring's nice the summer's a little hot but uh now growing up in philly is great we're a huge sports town so i'm a big flyers fan and eagles fan and i used to like oh. to go to the jersey shore but uh, Philly's great for food. We have a lot of pride. And just growing up there kind of toughened me up a little bit. So uh, I was prepared to take on the world. Outstanding. Outstanding. So um, what were some of the things that you were into growing up in Philly? Oh, that's a great question. Well, naturally, like any kid, you like sports and you're chasing girls. But besides <laughs> that, you know, with some of your interests there, I was into originally the comic books back in the 70s. And I used to collect those back in the day. I mean, stuff used to come from the 60s. So you're looking at Richie Rich and Little Dot and those things there. Nice. I used to collect Nam and Conan the Barbarian. I was a huge Battlestar Galactica original series. So I had a collection of those. And in the A-Team, I think some of those comics back in the day. So I got a half decent collection. Yes, I love it when a plan comes together. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. But Philly was a good time, man. I mean, there was a lot of fun things to do outside of school that could get you in trouble and also get you involved. But uh, I knew this as, as a young man, one of the things I wanted to do was at least to expand my horizon. So I was really focusing on second language during middle school and high school. And instead of going to Ivy League and studying medicine or law, I really just doubled down on that and went to the University of Arizona and was a Spanish communication major. So I was kind of a dreamer. You know, I was walked alone a lot of those times because I was looking for something a little bit different than the norm. But, you know, as I say, where you grow up and the support group you have, it can really add momentum in some of your dreams and how you can follow them. Outstanding. So what was the influence behind that, making that decision where you realize, you know what, I want to make this my priority. and I'm going to focus on this. Sam, my brother, I didn't want to be a man in a box. The <laughs> thing I wanted to do is just grind through life, earn a living and just be miserable. Now. My great grandparents came over from Europe at the turn of the 20th century, and they were in the garment industry in New York, and they learned English. They were entrepreneurs. Might have skipped a generation or two, but that was my strongest argument to my family. Allow me to learn a second language and give myself the marketing potential to be able to move abroad and to be able to expand my horizons. And when I was 27 years old, I was given a one in a million opportunity to work at my friend's call center for just a couple months. If you can get past your parents' guilt, you can live anywhere in the world, Sam. So I decided to take it. And that barn door was open. And, you know, two months turned into 22 years. I married the girl of my dreams, started a call center here, and I've pretty much been living a very happy fantasy life, if you think about it. 
That is fantastic. I mean, was that the first time that you left the country or what, have you done, you know, done it before, you know, the mindset around saying, I'm just going to start anew. I mean, it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of courage. Right. So walk us through that. Absolutely. And Sam, that's why you run such a great podcast. Great question there. I was very fortunate growing up. I had parents that were very generous and they enjoyed traveling as well. So when I was younger, I got to go to Europe multiple times to ski and to travel in the summertime. And that was incredible. And But here it was. When I was 21 years old, I spent my junior year abroad in Spain. I did two semesters. I didn't come home over Christmas. So I had a Eurail ticket, a couple grand in my pocket and a backpack. And I tried to live off of uh, two months worth of money and just traveling and partying and having a great time. That's fantastic. But when you know, Sam, that you're a guest in another country, if you keep an open mind, if you follow their rules and traditions, there should be a positive reinforcement. I'm not the loud traveler and foreigner that expects things. Absolutely not. I actually expanded all my patience. And by learning a second language, it really opened many doors and made my transition that much easier. Now, I didn't do this on a whim. This was a build up momentum from what I studied in school, an internship with Telemundo doing promotions and public relations for the importers of Corona post-grad. So my man, I was ready to go. I was just really looking for that opportunity and I took it. But, you know, there are a couple of things I miss. I'm far away from my family and the comforts of home, but I really wanted to live my life. I, I didn't want to live a life for somebody else. And just like my favorite cartoon character of all time, Fritz the Cat, <laughs> I decided to have that sort of adventure as a poet and a romantic and just see where life could take me. And obviously, Fritz had two movies, The Nine Lives of Fritz the Cat. So he must have been successful enough to pull a sequel. That's awesome. But you know, what's funny. Uh, when we make that decision and you say, you know what, this is the journey I want to go on. Yes. There's always that that inner truth that only you are realized is that insecurity. Am I good enough? Can I make it? How did you fight those things? Did you have to deal with those inside while externally keeping a, a face and saying, I'm going to muscle through this because I know I can? I was on a vision quest. <laughs> this was the spiritual life's journey. The only insecurity I had is if my hair wasn't combed that day. <laughs> But besides that, my man, and I think you will understand this more than anybody, I was willing to buy, die with my boots on. I was going all the way like Rocky, like yeah. Chuck Wepner versus Ali. There was no way somebody was stopping me. And as long as my intentions were honorable and I was doing things with good faith, then I could have always clicked my heels and came home with my tail between my legs, but it didn't. Right. It paid off. The long shot hit. And that sort of insecurity you may be referring to could potentially be from the naysayers and the gray believers, right? The Debbie Downers, the ones that love you, they're just concerned for you. Well, listen, if you haven't walked in my shoes, if that's not your path, you can make suggestions. Doesn't mean I'll take it, but I believe in people with momentum and I like individuals that will take the time to understand my position. They don't have to agree with it, but if they know that I'm happy, and I'm doing something positive and I could potentially be feeding families and delegate and expand so I can lift other people up. I think by all means, that's not egocentric at all. That's not being selfish. The only oh, thing that I had to do was to take those major decisions and follow through on them. That was the only real challenge that I had then. 
Right. That's fantastic. So what was it about that first initial um, moment when you, you, you went over there, you joined the call center, you're getting this real world experience. What was it? What were the biggest takeaways from that tenure? Well, the biggest takeaway that I took was empathy. I never started off at sea level. I wasn't a supervisor or manager. I was a proletariat. I ate, you know, broke bread, sat in <laughs> cubicles next to thousands of local Costa Rican Ticos. And after four years, Sam, I was able to learn the business from the inside and out. So that enabled me to find ways to enhance the experience for the for the agent, to give them their dignity. Right. So I skipped steps, man. I, I never was building up the ranks. I went from agent to owner. Wow. And so maybe that was to my advantage because I didn't lose the essence of what got me here. I didn't right. have to backstab or play office politics. And right. by treating people a certain way with sincerity and investing in their careers, that's the easiest CEO cracked code secret yeah. that I could share with you and your audience because I have leverage. I could hire, fire, make or break. I always chose the former. Because just like Chuck E. Cheese, if no one shows up, you don't have friends at your birthday party. And so the market speaks. I could play Big Shot all day long. But if nobody comes back here the following day to put wind in my sails, then I'm going to fail. Right. But I like the, the, the key words. And, you know, and I'm listening intently. I mean, you talked about empathy, which is critical because you're dealing with people in relationships. Right. And, and you talked about investing, investing in others because the success of the team is the, your success. Right. And they, they fall hand in hand. So when did you realize how important that was? Because I've worked in corporate settings where it was always about the KPI. It was always about the end result. And for me, it's oh, I'm always looking at the cookie crumbs. So what was the decision that led to this? What was the training behind um, that person that gave them that 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 moment that put them in that moment where they said this is the right decision based on what I what I was given? Right. So everything, there's a trickle effect. It starts somewhere. So when did you realize that it was about the people first? When I sat with them and they gave me the positive reinforcement to continue studying Spanish and to stay in Costa Rica. And then I also realized that I can't wear all the hats. I needed to hire specialists for the IT department. I needed an attorney down here. I don't know the labor laws as well as they do. You know, mathematics is fine, but it's a chore. So I needed to hire a proper accountant to assist me and a human resources director to manage the people on the inside. So I can focus on my areas of improvement, which is onboarding, training and motivation. But I'm not just saying rah, rah, go, Sam, go. Right. Absolutely not. Let's be realistic here. The agents that walk into my center are bilingual, which bear the mark of higher education. That's 10 times harder than anything I'll put them on. I won't compromise their ethics, values, and morals. There's options here. They don't need to sell their soul for a dollar. I'll give them the resources to reduce any sort of fear. And it's not like I'm writing checks. Let me put it this way. In this industry, this is where people burn out. I survived. I thrived. And I also built my own center. So I'm like a gladiator that got his own coliseum. And so I did it the right way. I did it the old school way. I'll bend you. Just not going to break you. And I don't want to give you a walk of shame or make you cry. Right. But I'm going to try to increase your self-reliance and self-confidence. I can teach you how to do this. In fact, my friend, I prefer to have people that have never worked at a call center before so they don't come in with bad habits. And you and I can mold them almost like a squire to a knight. Right. And so when I need to scale a team and to grow quickly, 
I may not be able to offer 10 aces that have been in this industry for 20 years. We might need to bring in freshmen, fresh blood, yeah. and see what we can do with those individuals. And so I guess I get more excited on that because I could be the mentor that these individuals never had. That's fantastic. You know, it's, it, it's interesting because as you were talking, I reflected at a time where I, I had to basically restructure an entire division that was unprofitable. And so I went out looking for the right talent. And this person had no experience in that area, but had the all of the ingredients to be very successful. And it, it, it came to a point where I had to make an ultimatum and I was about to walk out. I said, well, look, if, if you're not going to trust me in my decision making, then you really don't need me. And so they eventually said, okay, so we hired and it was the, the best decision. This kid was a shining star. He was full of energy, very resourceful, a lot of tenacity, courage, um, and creativity. And sometimes <clears throat> what happens is in an organization, you're looking for what's black and white, but you got to play in the gray. And, and, and sometimes you're going to find the best in the gray. And that, that's a, a great approach on your end, um, figuring that out. But a lot of that comes from life lessons. You know, it, it just doesn't happen overnight. So, you know, what was it about when you decided I'm going to start my organization? What were some of the things that you learned being a soldier to now being the general leading the, you know, the division, you know, the, 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 the army? What was that? You said, these are the lessons that I've learned. This is what I won't allow to happen. And this is what I know needs to happen. Okay. That's a good way to put it. Let me break it down for you. I started my business in my mid thirties, as much as I'd like to impress you by being a teenage whiz kid or a genius in my twenties, I needed maturity. There's also something called impulse control. And also I had to be financially responsible because it's not just about me. I got to ensure that these agents, their salary and benefits are paid and that they can go home and take care of their families. And so I went very slow and steady. I did not overextend myself. There's no loans, no mortgages. I first started off by renting a turnkey station at a blended call center. And after a couple of years, I had enough money to build out 150 seats, the server room, the equipment. And I rented that area for about six years. And then I was able to build a 300 seat capacity call center that I own myself. I'm, I'm in my 15th year. 10% of businesses make it a year, 1% make it to 10 years. And I'm in an extremely competitive industry. And so I had to ensure that it was the right environment. But I'll let you know my special sauce because there is a natural attrition. People, people will leave me because of a scheduling conflict for the university. A boyfriend or girlfriend or best friend might be working somewhere closer to their home or possibly more money. Let's put that aside. One of the things that I do here, and, and I'm very adamant about that is my gamification culture. I have a game room. I collect jukeboxes, pinball machines, and retro arcade machines. So I have a neutral environment for agents to mingle with others from different departments. Let off steam, recharge batteries, spend time with me. And I've seen that reduce attrition prior to making a single phone call for a client or even going into a training class. You'll be in the game room for 10 to 15 minutes hanging out with your new co-workers. So instead of just absorbing, now you're comfortable enough to start contributing. And so if I can begin certain relationships through play, then I believe that I have a stronger start than other companies that do things in a certain rigid way. 
right. where there is no flexibility. There's no straight lines in nature. There's got to be a little bit of wiggles every now and again. And, and I always believed in serving dessert first, because if I can show that sort of good faith that the new people that come into the center, once again, that defense is down and they'd be more than willing to make themselves not vulnerable, but susceptible to grow with me and allowing me to work with them in that way. Right. And I like that. I like that analogy of starting with dessert first, because when you think dessert, you think enjoyment, you think smiling, right? And smiling is infectious, right? And it, and it just trickles and it, and it creates a mood that, that can keep you going and sustainable throughout the day. Right. Especially when, when you're grinding. Right. Um, so walk us through, you know, that your, your, the, the first few years, that first year you said, you know what, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it here. Um, and you know, what was that like? actually came quite easy but here's the thing i knew that i was over my head after the second month because i had about a half a dozen agents i was doing the accounting hr the training and i realized that i was just becoming uncomfortable and so my wife who was the top jewelry saleswoman for cafe brit at the international airport she was there for four years she was crushing it she said all right kiddo i think i'm gonna join you first to keep you out of trouble and because I have a home court advantage, and if I didn't have that partner, in fact, I might be the owner, but she's the boss, I would have never been where I am today. And that's also being responsible. I, I, I am a guest here. I have to follow their labor laws. And so I needed to delegate. I needed to let go. I needed more roots and branches to do this thing. Right. And so in that first year, besides working with my wife, I was able to promote some individuals into leadership positions. And you want to hear something crazy. Still got one person with me today after all these years. That's fantastic. Of the thousands of people I've hired, this person just won't leave. I just can't get them. <laughs> I can't get rid of them. <laughs> I'm only kidding. But um, in fact, the day that this individual decides to retire from Costa Rica's call center, I've uh, awarded a pinball machine hook for them. So they get to bring a pinball machine back to their house. It's just a simple way for me to say thank you. But um, it's very humbling. I mean, you're only as good as the foundation that you have. Right. And the fact that people are willing to invest years and even a decade with me, um, it's something that makes me very gracious. And as you see how I'm dressed and how I treat people, my favorite part is when their family members come here to recollect them. So I get a chance to go downstairs and speak to a husband or wife or someone's mother. And Sam, they'd almost have to pull me away because I'd be telling your mom a thousand things great that you're doing. <laughs> and I know that that's a gift that keeps on giving because I may be the only boss that knows their name or took the time to speak to their mother. And at the end of the day, when they want to think about an organization to be loyal, then they're going to think about one that has, once again, given them their dignity. Right. And make them feel like they're not expendable and not just a number that I have improved on their vocabulary. I've given them more structure, more diplomacy. I've reviewed phone calls with them so I could do some intense and advanced coaching to make them more marketable so they can earn more money. Right. And I always believe in right bus, right seat. You definitely belong here, but where are you going to be the most profitable and comfortable? And so there's been multiple times I've tested agents in different verticals to find where they belong. And, and they come back and thank me for that because I never like a forced fit. 
as I say, it's a relationship where everybody should leave something on the table. I like that because it reminds me, um, you know, what I remember I was in a situation where we hired somebody for a specific role and um, they just weren't performing to the standard or the expectation of that role. And then when, after having a conversation, we realized that they were best suited for another area. And sure. so we assessed the team, we made some moves and they flourished. So I, I love that approach because sometimes it isn't the person, it's the, it's, it's the scenario that they're in, right? And sometimes we have to give them an opportunity to shine and maybe they're just not happy. And, and when people are, like when people join organizations, they're trying to find their place. They're trying to find their voice, right? And it's it's, it's unnerving. It's uncomfortable. You know, you don't want to fail. You want to succeed. But sometimes it just might be not be the right fit. And I like your approach to assessing the talent and really trying to understand where they're going to be best for the organization and for themselves. Well, Sam, they got to earn that move. Right. Because if they're sabotaging an account on purpose or not coming into work, so I move them somewhere else. Then we have an issue. But if I see somebody running through first and right. doing what they have to do, going the distance, by all means, they've earned it. Right. But then again, there might be some outside factors that could be affecting their work performance. Right. It could be temporary. So I might need to pull them aside and do a little bit of Philly guilt and say, hey, Sam, you know, you're out of character and you're better than this. Right. And just to see where, where they're coming from. Right. Test the waters there because I don't want to move something so fast. Because once again, it could be a mismatch and then their seat is filled and what do I do? And so, right. you know, moving somebody, it, it's delicate. And also the investment that the client has made in this individual to get them up to speed. Once again, you're losing that sort of money. And so um, I don't want someone to quit. Right. Then nobody wins. Right. And so, um, as I say, we take it on a case by case basis. We try to take a breath. We, see when the dust settles where we're at and, and what we need to do from there. So what do you do to uh, unwind? You know, where's your go-to place, your safe space where you just go to recharge? Love that question. I like me time. I can't do Eastern meditation as much as I wish I could, but there are certain activities that I do on a daily and weekly basis that keep me centered and balanced. I wake up every day at 5.30 and I hit my home gym for a couple hours. That's guaranteed. On Sundays, I like to wash my convertible. And also, I like my pinball marathons. <laughs> I mean, I bought the games and restored them. I'm definitely going to play them. <laughs> and so these are the sort of trade-offs, the little things that I do. And there's other things as well. But I, I definitely will be doing these three things on a weekly basis, if not on a daily basis. And that keeps me grounded when I put my phone away. And after about 20 minutes of decompressed stimulation, I'm allowed to let my mind water. I get some image streaming. And, and that's sometimes when I come across my best ideas. And, and also, let me share that if you're in a certain situation where there's conflict or heightened anxiety or you're being pressed to make a serious answer, if somebody allows you the luxury of time, as we say, to sleep on it, to take a walk, to think about it, I'll write a, a draft out. Maybe not send it the next day. And after I ponder a conversation, maybe, Sam, I overextended myself or didn't say enough or possibly my tone was not appropriate. So if you and I can circle back tomorrow and I can prioritize, cut some fat out, I might even apologize and you to go, Sam, I'm sorry for raising my voice yesterday. And you're like, it's all right, Rich, no problem. I mean, these are the sort of things, instead of breaking a relationship, you can almost solidify them and make them stronger. As, as long as someone allows you time 
to be able to not get yourself off balance, but balanced and practicing it and, and understanding the situation, your relationships would be much better. I've, I've saved marriages by giving those sort of suggestions. And there are individuals before making final decisions, I ask them to sleep on it and they come in the next day and realizing that they have, may have been, you know, offbeat a little bit right, or, or, or just missed their mark. And I'm okay with that. People get second chances as long as they don't burn bridges. And I know that sometimes you might have a moment and, right. and that's okay because I'm going to judge you on the five years you've been with me, not on a weird rainy Wednesday. Right. Someone right. said F you to you on the phone and you got upset. That's the time where I pull you off the phone, put some water on your face, give you some coffee and say, Hey champ, you doing all right. Next thing you know, 20 minutes later, you're back on the phone ripping deals. And so um, those are the sort of things that we are able to maintain the sort of stability that we have with our agents mentally, because people can burn out here. It is considered a grind. A lot of people see telemarketing as a transitional job. But in my opinion, if you're very good at the art of speech and just don't focus on texting and emailing, your potential is limitless and you're going to be having much better relationships with people. Right. The art of the conversation is potentially at risk of being a lost art. Right. So um, that's 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 critical. Yes. Self-reflection is what I'm taking away from this. And so it's one of the hardest things to do. Most people don't want to look the man in the mirror. So why is it so important for you to self-reflect, assess your personal performance and how it's impacting others? Why is that so important for you? Well, that's fine. I just feel that most people are too hard on themselves. Remember, in football, you need first downs to get touchdowns. And if I can have small wins every day, I'm cool with that. I'm also a patient man. I know that things come to those that wait and work towards it. And also, I do realize that I'm very true to my commitment to myself at 18 years old to invest my life, my time, my earnings potential into this second language, into this dream, into the this sort of momentum. And so regardless of the outcome, I'm new, I know I'm doing everything in the best light with the best intentions. It's the ego, Sam, that gets in the way with these people where if you can't look at yourself in the mirror, we have issues. I think prior to that, you might wanna make your bed in the morning, possibly eat a good breakfast and iron your clothes so you can give yourself some sort of self-respect. So if anything of nothing, even if you're not looking in a mirror, when you come home and you see that made bed, you at least got that first down of treating yourself well. You ended the day strong. You're starting the day strong. If that's where you need to begin in order for the end result to be able to look at yourself in the mirror, give yourself five and move forward, then by all means. But don't compare yourself to somebody else. There's a, there'll always be someone that's taller than you, has more money than you. You might think that their life is more exotic. It may or may not. But my brother, there are millionaires out there that are lonely as can be. And there are some people that are humble and broke that have the most loving families and children and really uh, feel fulfilled in life. Right. I, I can't judge myself on the gold and the jewels because that stuff loses its luster after a while. There's only so many bills you can count. I think the most important thing for me was these natural fulfillments and getting this sort of positive reinforcement from strangers and people that I know, realizing that I have touched and affected their lives in a positive way. And, and that's good, man. 
Yeah. I mean, once I left the United States, I kind of put a lot of those pressures behind. And since I'm not on a home court advantage here, really, it's just about my essence is what I was able to present and to share. And, and I'm good with that. I, I gave up competing with the Joneses a long time ago. And that's important. You know, you see it all the time. I think that, you know, t today everyone's inundated with wanting to be liked, right? Um, you know, I want to be a social media star. I want to do this um, rather than really understanding purpose. Right. And I think you found your purpose early on, which has led you to to build your own empire. Um, and that's also hard to do with a lot of distractions and a lot of voices and a lot of opinions to individualize yourself and say, you know what, well, I see me. And I know what I'm here to do. Um, you know, it's the mindset is critical to the journey towards success and building that success. And that, and based on this conversation, I hear all these, the fundamentals, all the ingredients, all the right ingredients that led you to that to that point. Um, looking back at at your journey, what are you most proud of? That I didn't fall for the trap. <laughs> those opinions that were provided for me or someone that's just trying to plan out my predestined career. Now, it might seem selfish, but I don't want to live somebody else's life. I'd like to live my own life. And my great-grandparents came from Eastern Europe at the turn of the century, so I was just following in their footsteps, being a nomad, learning a second language and taking chances. And so I might have skipped a generation or two, but it's in our blood. It's something that we grew up with, it's something that I was always proud of. You know, reading those stories as children, it's always about leaving the castle to slay a dragon, save a princess and become a prince. How in God's name would I ever be able to grow if I never had that sort of life adventure? As I mentioned, I could always have come home, clicked my heels and gotten a job in my family's business or some friend's contact. But I wanted to see what my life could be from a blank slate, no pun intended, and just to see where this could take me. And, you know, at the end of the day, it, it's so fulfilling. It's so nice. You know, people, the fact that this podcast today, and thankfully I'm not selling anything. There's no 1995 book or seminar. It's just two friends sharing ideas. I love the work that you and Jorge do. I'm so excited to be here today because you've got a really cool podcast with a lot of fun stuff. But but it's also to share with your audience that things like this can happen. If if you have a burning desire, okay, and you're still being financially responsible and you're taking care of your family, by all means, I think you should take a chance. You should drink life. You should literally go for it because those around you will see you so elevated, so happy that it could change their lives. You and I can't change the world, but one by one, we can make a difference. And the difference starts with me, because if I can't take care of myself, how am I going to focus on other people? And I don't want to push my ideas. I don't want to be a, a TikTok star or anything like that. Once again, I'm here today on my own free time. I love doing these podcasts because I meet some great people. I think i got a fun story to tell, but I, I'm also trying to reassure people to have their own destiny. Because the last thing you want to do is be sitting there 90 years old drinking country time lemonade saying, what if and what, what could if. have been? It's yeah. one of the worst things you could ever do. Yes, exactly. That's fantastic. And it was it was leading me to my next question. What advice would you give to someone who's struggling with purpose, 
identity. They have that identity crisis. They, you know, their heart wants to go here, but their head's telling them this because they're being pulled. What would you, what advice would you give? It's okay. First thing, what they need to do is calm down. I think the greatest thing that could happen is dedicated practice. You make this look easy, Sam, and your audience has no idea how much work you and Jorge put into for this podcast and for the job and your family and things like that. They're, they're only seeing you with the, with the gold belt and the rings and, and the wins. And so I believe if people do things when no one's around, practicing an instrument, working on their health, on art, on speaking, on medication, on, on religion, on anything, if they can do things with dedicated practice, obviously they'll see improvements and they'll get better at it. There's a chance they can meet other individuals with those same interests to expand in your network. Maybe you realize after a while, this is not what I want to do. And I'm glad I didn't invest a lot of time in this and they'll just lose it right, and right. try something else. You don't need to surround yourself with 50,000. You got you. And when you take your own time and fill it with things that could enhance your life, then you can pick and choose. So if people are, are mentally even shot and spent well then do something that doesn't take any sort of mental effort go for a walk fold your laundry i don't know cook something clean your house do something right, just right. don't sit there in front of the television set wasting five hours i i think you need to be somewhat active so you can feel productive and the following day you can see that you accomplished two or three things that have been sitting in your den for a month that's just sitting there gathering dust or some plates in the kitchen it's been there for a week come on man you got to clean that stuff and, and so maybe that's the sort of ripple effect that's causing someone at that moment to be depressed or it just doesn't happen you know overnight there's a building to that. It's almost like a straw that broke the camel's back. That's how your back goes out because you've been hurting it for so long and then eventually it snaps. So you've been making terrible choices and not living up to certain things or respecting yourself for you to feel that way. So try to reverse it, even with those small first downs. Do two or three things a day that you didn't do before, that you're too lazy to do, that you think you're too good of, or, or it's something that you're just forgetting do it maybe write the list down do what people say and start checking off lists call your mother i don't know just do something <laughs> but I, I i think that once you start that sort of momentum it, it 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 can change my friend it could it just takes a second for your world to change and so i think you could once again flip around that trajectory and go in the opposite direction if you have to outstanding absolutely i think a, a lot of it starts with just the that first step right you know it's that first step, just like when everyone you know, that wants to go on a diet, you know, it's that first step. Want to give up smoking It's that first step. Um, uh, so 10 years from now, you're looking back. What do you say to yourself? That I'd say to yourself, what a collection of pinball machines you have. <laughs> Good job, champ. And the fact that you're still married to your beautiful wife and the fact that you're still traveling the world. I can't believe this. The run kept going. But um, I would connect with myself as I had through every decade and every year. You change your taste. You look a little different. You think a little bit differently, but it's still the same Richard. The only thing that changes how I reacted to life and how I dealt with it. And there is an old movie called Zorba the Greek with Anthony mm -hmm. Quinn. 
And one of my favorite scenes is at the end of the movie when his fishing boat sinks in front of the whole town. And instead of crying and complaining, getting goofed on, the guy just put out his arms and just started doing this famous dance. And I'm not saying that I'm going to, you know, dance in the rain and, and laugh at stuff. But uh, there are certain times in life where things happen. And the greatest thing you can judge yourself on is how you react to them. And the best form of character is in chaos. And I've been very, and that's why I mentioned earlier, impulse control and maturity. Because if I can look back at myself 10 years from now, I can be proud of my composure and how I can see things in the world differently than I did in my teens and 20s. And so hopefully that sort of maturity and experience can propel me into my later years to even be more relaxed, more appreciative, and more understanding of this crazy world that you and I live in and try to make sense of. But as long as you can keep a Sam bubble and keep your sort of surroundings around you happy and emit that sort of energy, sure, it's like a light that will attract bugs, but also light attracts warmth and gives sight. And so I kind of see myself more as the candle in the darkness that's around me. It's two ways you can look at it, darkness or light. Yes. And I, and I choose myself to be as positive and shine as bright as I can so I can give that sort of energy outward. And, and it's amazing how it comes back, especially when you're not looking for anything in return. Imagine all the thousands of people you and Jorge have influenced that have never met you or wrote you. I'm one of the few that, you know, write you and say, hey, guys, you're awesome. Kind of be on the show. There are so many fans of yours that have never contacted you that, you know, you changed their lives. That's fantastic. It's funny. Um, uh, one of the things that I would do whenever I gave orientation to new um, executives that were joining my team was <clears throat> I would I illustrate a lighthouse and I would put it in a card and I would give it to them. I said, do not open to it till after training's over and your first day in your office. And um, they'd open it and they said, look, you're going to hit rough waters. There are going to be moments where you're, where you're questioning whether or not you made the right decision. Look to me and I will guide you to shore. And that was always my thing because I know from firsthand experience what it's like when you start fresh, when you join a new organization. And when you hit those rough patches and you feel like you're isolated. Now, And it's always important to let the team know that there's, there's, there's a support structure here if you allow it to work. Um, and I love that uh, hearing that from you. So let's 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 wrap this up in a bowl. What is it? Anything that I have not asked you that you like the uh, the listeners to know um, and 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 take it home. Thank you, my man. First, I want to thank you and your co-host Jorge very 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 much for having me on your podcast today. I feel like you know it's a medal on my uniform. I'm on the <laughs> crazed podcast. This is great, but. Um, Fortune favors the brave, and I really do support those that follow a certain feeling that they have, intuition, they go for it. Their past lives and future lives are arguing and yelling at this present life to do something. And the fact that I planted these seeds so many years ago in regards to languages and being open-minded it really has produced so much for me. And so it's almost overwhelming unless you've done it. It's hard to explain, but to me, it just felt natural. 
I never wanted to force a fit. There's a philosophy called Wu Wei. I just didn't want any sort of resistance. I just wanted to go with it, like swaying in the wind. And I'm also prepared for adversity. I wasn't willing to take it on head on. It's only mental. It's nothing physical. And if it is physical, I work out. So take it on. <laughs> but um, if those are the toughest things in life, Sam, these are the things that are going to hold you back from smiling, then by all means, that's nothing. It's right. almost like an underhand pitch with a wiffle ball. It really just all depends on your perspective. And as I say before, if somebody is willing to stand tall and to take the shots and to keep moving forward and to be proud and have some grit, you know, and, and some tenacity and just hang in there, well, that's where that's how you go the distance. I mean, you hear the stories about people surviving on the seas and getting through deserts and mountains. They should have been dead five days ago, broken bones and they're starving. There is something that gets them out of there. Yeah. And I think that you don't need to put yourself in that sort of position. But there are sort of things inside of you that can get you to move forward. And you and I can never hit the ball and drag Johnny. I, I can't help some of these people you're talking about. Right, they right. need to work on themselves. But you and I will be the first ones there to encourage them. But I can't have somebody bringing me down. I'm not going to jump in the water with someone that's drowning. We'd both die. Yeah. I'll assist you from a distance. But I just can't let you ruin this happy vibe that we got and what we're doing. And if there's any way to readjust you and be forthright with you and call the balls and the strikes and let you know what's happening, then you're a real friend. You're a true friend. The best friends are the ones that got through the tough times with you. And we're still your friend after that. Yeah. And so if I can put all of those thoughts into perspective for you and your amazing audience, I, I believe that collectively these individuals would be having a much more fulfilled life. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, I love this conversation. Your story is the human story, right? It's the, oh, yeah. it's, it's the, it's the journey. It's the journey to self-discovery, right? And the success in any form always comes when you understand who you are and your purpose. And, and you, it, a prime example of that is fantastic. Thank you for coming on the show. I wish you a lot more success than you already have. And, uh, I'm, you know, I hope that in 10 years you look back and, uh, you're shining though, that new pinball machine, but, uh, you know, it's fantastic. And you're welcome anytime to come back. Thanks, on the show. And I had the best time today. Really appreciate it. I appreciate you, buddy. All right. Now I was talking about my friend Laquis. I met him the other day. Say my name, say my name. Right? This is what you were thinking? Oh, my God. He said, I'm the idiot. You're listening to Catch the Craze. You're listening to Catch the Craze. You're listening to Catch the Craze. Catch the craze. You are listening to Catch the Craze. Uh, this is craze. You're listening to Catch the Craze. <laughs> Bobby, <is> the craze. <laughs> Bobby, <is> the craze. <laughs>